We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for Jack Ramsey is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. With this exclusive offer for you, 20% off, free worldwide shipping with a code JACKED. 20 at manscaped.com again that's jacked 20 at manscaped.com and why go with manscaped well manscaped engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer by focusing on intelligent functionality and an incredibly comfortable grooming experience their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology i now feel confident shaving my boys so remember, get 20% off and free shipping with a code JACKED20, that's jacked two zero at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code JACKED20. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into this episode of Jacked Ramsey's. It's a mailbag Monday, except it's on a Tuesday night going into a Wednesday morning in your feed, uh, because mostly I'm an idiot, and uh, I broke everything. Uh, me is talking, I guess, would be Danny Murray, joined always by Brandon Sprague. Um, what's up, buddy? Hey, how we doing? Are, are, you, are you less angry than you were the last time we tried to do this? Because people didn't see this, and... No. So here's the backstory, very quickly. So we're, we're farting around. We usually fart around for a few minutes before we start this mm. thing. And I just think I'm going to I'm gonna mess with him real quick. Oh, God. So I start fake talking mm. into the camera, and it looks like I'm talking to him. Like this. And he goes, yeah, like. Exactly. And I'm talking, but he goes, uh, what just happened? And I, I keep doing it. And he's like, what just happened? I, I, I can't hear you. And I was like. You can't. I said you can't hear me, but I lipped it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he starts. Danny starts freaking out. You can see the white just peer out from his skin, like, "Oh, I'm going ghost." And uh -huh. then he starts losing it. And then eventually, I figure out he's starting to get mad. And I'm like, "Hey, dude, I'm just joking." And he can't hear me because uh -huh. it actually blew he, out. And then it actually, we found out it actually blew out. So I went to play a joke, but the thing actually blew out. We couldn't record. Yeah, every all of my settings because I, I I do this through. Because we do this a little, you know, inside baseball. We do this through Zoom, like everybody does right now. 
Um, and then I have it run through a million different things through OBS so we can capture the video and put it up on YouTube and all that other stuff. And everything broke. Every, every link, every connection. I had to rebuild everything from scratch yesterday uh, so that it was ready today. And it's a nightmare. It's a complete and utter nightmare. I hate technology. I do it for a living. And I still just, here we go. So, but it's a mailbag. So uh, we have a ton of questions. Uh, we have some email questions. We have some Twitter questions. Uh, be prepared. There are Ben Simmons questions in here. They will seemingly not go away. Uh, we still I, getting the Ben Simmons stuff, huh? I mean, it's it's until he gets traded. We're, it's yeah. just gonna, just kind of out there. We'll 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 touch on it a little bit, uh, but we're not going to hit on too much. But just because it's we the, this horse is just sitting here crying. It has been beaten to death. It does not want to. It doesn't. It is asking for no mercy. Um, we are not a PETA friendly podcast, but in this case, we will spare the horse. Um, <laughs> The vegetarians are just sitting here like just in complete disgust right now. I'm sorry. It's just that's how it goes. Uh, this from Miguel at Miguel Easy on Twitter. Would Norm care about coming off the bench if he's already making bank? Brent's you know what's funny? You, you know, can I tell you something real, yeah. real inside baseball? Mm-hmm. I remember you asking this question, and it just I was like, why are we rereading this question again? This is what I started off when we recorded yes. last time. Yeah, I, yeah. Believe yeah, it or not, yeah, I'm yeah. actually prepared, and I have them in order. <laughs> So. Um, oh, okay. A little deja Norm, vu going into this question. There is some deja vu. Norm coming off the bench. I'll tell you right now, first and foremost, I'm open to all of it. I mean, you guys can get dark and dirty and curious. I'm all in. I'll try anything. Mm-hmm. That being said, I am not a $90 million basketball player <laughs> who has financial ramifications on and off the court. Mm-hmm. And because of those business interests, because of the ego and confidence it takes to be a professional athlete, I am not buying that Norm is cool with being a sixth man. Unless you were 32 years old, 33, 34 years old, and you, you know, you're you're aging into a different role, a la Carmelo Anthony, Andre Iguodala, Vince Carter, Rudy Gay, like those guys. You're not moving to the bench. I, I don't know what this fascination of, like, well, we can balance the roster if we just put Norm on the bench. If we just put CJ on the bench. CJ already plays, like, 20-plus minutes with the bench. Putting Norm, a non-shot creator, on the bench with non-shot creators doesn't do anything. Like, there's... Can I play devil's advocate real yeah, quick? go for it. While I largely agree with that theory, I think the other side would just simply say, Danny, they didn't change the roster. It's a new look. And the other look we had, guess what all that gave us? A first-round exit. It's a new look. It's something new to try. Would it make a difference? I largely need no. But I can see how people view those things and go, you didn't give me a real new roster, so go give me something different on the court. It's not really different, though. That's the thing. No, like, I, I, I'm telling you, but I'm just saying I can see how they might think it could be. You're, you're, you're just jumping through those hurdles yourself. I'm trying to I'm trying to play all sides of the fence here, buddy. <laughs> I just told you yeah. I largely lean with you. Well, I don't I think it that, changes I, anything. I, I'm just saying in general, it just for the the whole overarching theme of this, there's this there's this idea that, you know, if they just like accept the Ginobili role, which has been accepted by exactly one person, Manu Ginobili. But even then, it was different. They, they, that whole role wasn't about balancing a roster. They had multiple Hall of Famers. The Blazers do not. They have won. That that is the the preeminent difference between those two teams. 
Well, and, and this is not a shot at Chauncey because he hasn't coached yet, nor I think is it really a shot at any other coach. Can you imagine Chauncey coming in day one be like, hey, Norm, you just got $90 million. Everything's going well. I'm going to put you on the bench. No, I can't imagine that. But what I was going to say is you also in San Antonio had historic, mm-hmm. historic, all in buy-in yeah. with players to the coach. Hall and of in Fame this, buy-in. And, and in this league – you just don't have many examples of players. They like their coaches. They Some of them advocate for their coaches. Mm-hmm. Largely, most of them are not that kind of loyal uh, to, to, to go against something like that, to want to say, oh, I'm a starter, but I'm going to go to the bench gladly. That just – you're talking about In something that doesn't happen. In your prime earning years. Yeah. Yeah, hard yeah. pass. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it, Miguel – it's not about the money. It's about the prestige. It's about the ego. It's about the opportunities. It's about the cachet. Like that's, you know what happens when you make money? You want to make more money. You don't all of a sudden like, you know, the vast majority of people, particularly in professional sports, when they make more money, they, they want to make more money. Very, 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 very rarely do you find somebody willing to give back money. At the very top of the game, Tom Brady, Dirk Nowitzki. That's about it. <laughs> it's a short, short list of dudes who are willing to give back money, let alone give back playing time. Because everything that you give back, you cannot get back. Whether it be dollars or whether it be playing time. And so if you're if you're angling for one more deal, if you're out there with lesser players putting up less points or in a different role that puts more burden on you, makes you work harder, burns you out more. It's just a, there's a lot more to it than just, well, if I shuffle this around, maybe it'll give a different look. It'll make the team better. I think that's there's a, some myth building in that if you just do this, you know, it'll make the situation better. I just I, I, I do not subscribe to that in any way at all, just because we've seen it borne out. We, there's there's very few instances historically that you can point to and be like yeah it worked and all in all those opportunities the Hall of Famers. So yeah. listen, if Norm was a Hall of Famer and then he decided he wanted to do that, cool. I am like like you, I am a hundred percent on board. I just um, it's hard for me to buy into. Uh, speaking of buying into things, and I think this is uh, as much as we're as much as the what is going on with Dame stuff is going to carry the season. Uh, on the on the overarching narrative outside of how the Blazers are doing. The one that I think is kind of bubbling under the surface is this. And this is from Logan at Logan at Logan Akio. We're gonna go with that. Should we be discussing potential NERC trades? It's the last year of his contract, so we may need to get value while we can. I would I would love it. I'm all in. I uh <laughs> You're all in on everything. I love it. I well I see the value in NERC, but I also think there is a little bit of romanticizing what he is. The or, idea of Yusuf Nurkic as I, opposed I think, to the I the think practice. the I, I think the idea of Yusuf Nurkic was the very beginning of Yusuf Nurkic. Nurk fever. And it hasn't the fever has not subsided. And because, you know, he's transformed his body, I'll give him a lot of credit. He's he's lost some weight. He's looked really good. I I can't argue with what he brings on the court. The problem is he doesn't do it consistently enough, nor does he stay healthy. So it's like, while I understand, I love Nurk Fever as much as anybody. Uh, the Bosnian beast 
that was kind of the standalone example of, of like the max out what he means and what he is. Cause we just haven't gotten to that. Again, we've gotten glimpses. Remember the bubble game, game one against the Lakers. Like we had glimpses, but he can't. His bubble run up into the playoffs was incredible, but he was out of he gas because he was out of shape and not ready. Right. And he just hasn't been able, unfortunately for him to piece it together consistently or stay healthy. Um, I don't envision what the trade is or who it's with, but you know, if there's a deal out there, man, I'm, I, I just don't think you should be shaking your head at anybody but Dame. But I, I know there's yeah. clearly like the GM's going to value who he values on the team. And if you speaking of, of the of the GM, the president of basketball operations, excuse me, the the Pobono, uh, Neil Olshay, he has he's the general manager. I mean, <laughs> go, go with the official titles, Brandon. Come on now. Uh, so they just don't have a general manager. That title doesn't exist. I don't think so. And if they, if they, if, that's that's malarkey. I think they have, that's ridiculous. I think they have two assistant GMs. Yeah, that's uh, the Packers are owned by the city. Nah, not really. I mean, they have a piece of paper that says I'm a technically, owner. Yeah, yeah, technically, technically shareholders. You know, but uh, ask Ed, who lives in the middle of Wisconsin, what his thoughts were on the free agency wire for the Green Bay Packers, because I don't think they listen to Ed. Uh, they they had the shareholder meetings. Come on now, uh, yeah. I, we're doing this. And I you get guys my two minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of of doing this or shutting the hell up. That's kind of what Neil O'Shea has has done with uh, guys on expiring deals. Outside of Damon CJ, those those are the two longest tenured Blazers and the two best Blazers since obviously Lamarcus. But uh, they've kept nobody. They have re-signed nobody. Now you can say Norm, but Norm was here for three months before they re-signed him. So it's kind of like just you know a new addition. You were basically going to re-sign him anyway, so I think they view it more as a, this is a free agency acquisition. Sure. You know? Yeah, and, but with, with Nurk, how did he get here in the first place? The Blazers gave up somebody in Mason Plumley on an expiring deal who they liked. They liked Mason. He had shortcomings, but he was beloved in that locker room. Let, let me also say, too, about the Plum Dog. Uh, Nurk is better, but Mason was a good, valuable he, piece for the Denver yes. Nuggets the year they went to the West Finals. He yes. was good. No, he was a, and he was a solid player here. Yeah, they they had to make a move. They had to shake something up. They knew that they were going to probably lose him, and they weren't going to commit money to him long term. But they didn't want to get rid of him in the fashion that they did. And they right remember they needed a body in return, and Nurk was a something they had they had to take back in order to get the first round pick from Denver. I think that gets glossed over a ton. Like this is this is a magical deal. Did it work out for the Blazers? Probably. Probably worked out for both teams, if we're being honest. That's what I, I always kind of view it as. It worked for both because Portland sense. got a a good piece and it made sense for Denver because they had Jokic. So get a good athletic backup five that, that could play make and you could run some similar things through it, it, Like it. If you want to say one team got the, the better of the other, fine, that's whatever. But when I look at it, it's, I think it was a, a, a okay deal for both sides, but as Portland, far, Portland got the better talent, but both sides got great value. Yes. And I, I think or good, or good value. Good I great. Yeah. Good value. Yeah. Cause they overpaid probably for Plumlee on the next contract and, and the Blazers lost, you know, a year and a half with Yusuf Nurkic. So, Kind of a wash in that regard. But as far as like Nurk trades, I've heard from multiple sources that they have shopped Yusuf Nurkic in the past. He's not irreplaceable because he does have shortcomings. And we're not just talking about the injuries. Let's take a look. I mean, as much as CJ gets blamed for the Denver series and he should get a dump truck full because he got outplayed by a guy significantly below him in the pecking order among guards. Uh, he was embarrassed in multiple games. Yusuf Nurkic fouled out over and over and over again 
because he couldn't put his damn ego aside and just play Jokic straight up. He had to get handsy. He's getting cooked, and he didn't like it. Jokic is, but, you know, to, to Nurk's defense a little bit, like, I fouling out, you don't want to see, but we're talking about the league MVP. Like, that dude is good. He, and he absolutely is. But... It's, it's really hard for me. Criticism is fair. What what was hard for me, though, as a guy that, you know, I played basketball, mm-hmm. I play it recreationally, I love basketball. What's hard for me is I think we underestimate how difficult that truly is because the difference from Nurk to Jokic is 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 greater than 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 people think. Yeah. And so I think, you know, I want Yusuf Nurk to stay on the court, but he is defending the league MVP and a crafty son of a bitch at that. It, all of that is entirely true. But at the same time, Nurk put himself in a god-awful position over and over and over again. You go back and watch those fouls. He went from, remember, he went from, was it one foul in the first half to racking up four fouls no. in five minutes? Wasn't it, wasn't it zero? And remember, I think it was Blazer's Edge had the Wilt Chamberlain sign with Nurk and it said zero, or it was Trailblazing. I, I couldn't Some, remember who it was. Somebody had one. I remember and seeing I think now. it was zero. I think yeah. he had zero fouls and he got five. Boom. In the third quarter or something like that. It was like, oh, shit. But that that's, didn't age well. That's not Jokic. That's Nurk. No, yeah, that's not. Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's not, yeah. not. That's that's his right. ego getting in the yeah, way yeah. because of that matchup. Because here's the thing, Terry he screwed up some matchups and he screwed up some game plans in the past. There's no doubt about that. But going into that, I talked to a ton of people in Denver, and the one thing that in the back and forth was always like, I think Nurk's going to play him heads up, and they're going to live with Jokic cooking and not creating. Well, because he cooked him in practice, that's why they traded him. Yeah, and and there was the thing it was like, and that that and that was gonna be okay. They could live with that as long as the other guys weren't eating. But the problem was, all of a sudden, Nurk's now in foul trouble, so now Jokic is eating everywhere. You and can't, you crazy. cannot deny the correlation Nurk had on this team that when he would be on the bench, they were like a, on the court. They were like a plus fourteen with him on the floor. Yeah, I mean, it, it was yeah. night and day. And you knew it every time. Everybody knew it, whether you were at the game or you were watching the game. You could feel when he, it when he picked up that third or fourth one too early. You you just kind of get that. Oh correct. Oh man, now we need to go an extended period of time now without of, of Cantor Mello. Oh, and you're just sitting <laughs> yeah. there like, please, oh please, oh please, oh please, oh please. I, do yeah. you think he is he the deadline piece if they make a trade? Do you think Danny if, has the, if, deadline? They, if the Blazers make a non-Damian Lillard trade? I am putting, I am pushing all my chips in on Yusuf Nurkic. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, JJ Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? 
you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. It, it won't happen for the year. That's over. No, no, no. If they're going to move him, it's going to be at the deadline. Because here's the thing. You've got the repeater tax potential looming. Yeah. They skipped it last year. They get it this year. It means going into the next year when they've got basically nobody signed, they are going to get absolutely hammered uh, on that payroll. It, it's just that's just the nature of the beast. And if they're, you know, are they willing to do that? I don't, I don't know. And like I said previously, Neil has moved on from these guys and, and either traded them or let them walk. And I don't think you can let a starter walk, especially one because Dirk is, and we've talked about this, he's a top eight center. Top six center. He's right on the cusp of that top five, probably, depending on what you want, what you need. The question here is, it's the last year of his contract, so we may need to get value while we can. I, I love the we. Um, <laughs> it's, it's always one of my favorite things. I, I, we need to be smarter about this. Yeah, I have always I, – I, I did the same thing when I was, you know, before, quote-unquote, media. And – that was one of the few things that like I drilled into myself. It's not. No, no, no. Can, can I stop you? Can I stop you? It's kind of snarky to respond with the, oh, we. Look, mm. we, we know. We know what you mean. Yes. So it's like, are you, a, are you a fan? Yes. Have you liked this team your whole life? Yes. Mm-hmm. So you watch every game? Yes. Like, whether you do a podcast like we're doing or you just listen to podcasts mm-hmm. and enjoy the game, uh, the fact is, it's the collective. I love it's it. The co- it's the co- we're all in this together, mm-hmm. man. Like, you know but what I mean? It's just the second I, I you get on TV and say it, though, it sounds really weird. Yeah, but people say it from time to time. I don't. I don't know. I'm a I'm different viewer, though. I I listen or hear that stuff, and I don't go. We huh? We out there throwing the football? I'm like, I get it. You the like one that the I team. love is is the. Uh, you know, you got you got something in your pocket. You got a mouse in your pocket. We. That was that was the one that I, I always got hit with, and I was like, okay, fine, we're gonna do this, fine. But yeah, the uh, the idea of trading Yusuf Nurkic, it's gonna be interesting because Chauncey says he's gonna he's gonna get him more involved. They're gonna put you know get the big men more involved. Okay, does that make Nurk more valuable to the Blazers or less valuable? You know what does that what does that do to uh, his fit for this season and going forward? Do the Blazers want to invest long term money in him? He's what twenty seven years old. 20 yeah, years 27. Old? You know, do they want to invest in a guy who's had a couple of devastating leg injuries at seven foot, 300 pounds uh, into his 30s? I can't imagine they would. I know the Dame relationship's great, but we've seen great relationships with Dame not matter with Dame players. Dame has great relationships with damn near everybody. I mean, you know, Evan Turner was his favorite teammate. Ed Davis was his favorite teammate. Like, he always – and that that's Let's a – Let's go look at the wedding photos. Uh, right, right. Evan Turner was there. Ed Davis was there. Yeah. Uh, you know, Myers Leonard was there. You know. They... Right, right, right. So the the point is though, that's not going to stop them no. from making a move. I just don't know. I guess I don't know who that team would be at a deadline. I know he's an expiring, but I sometimes think we way overvalue that. I think some teams just don't care. It's like whatever. I, I think for the, the Blazers they care, and that, the, that's the, the, the Blazers care. But yeah. who's the other side of that trade? And I don't know who that piece is that you could get in return for a Nurkic. Yeah, that's gonna. I think as things unfold, 
the thing about him is there is value for him. I, I have heard from multiple people around the league that there is actual interest, not, not just like, you know, I have the beholder value. There's real value. Like when he's healthy, he's a very good player. He's know? a very good player, but give me a comp of talent that you could receive back. Like what's a similar player to his. I think you could get uh, Chicago. Throw a name out Chicago there. is a team that I, I you know, that. But they I just, they got Vucevic. They got Vooch, obviously. Yeah. But before that, I could see, you know, a Markinen, Wendell Carter Jr. Like that, I I could see that, you know, going into, you know, last deadline being something that it was sure. workshopped. Good players, but young players, maybe a little bit flawed, but you want to see him get a change of scenery. But I, I, I could see that, and that would be... Justice a, Winslow. No. <laughs> Jaron Jackson Jr.? <laughs> Daddy likes. Why would you ever give up Jaron Jackson Jr. for Nurkic? They won't, but they won't. They love JJJ. Yeah, no. I, listen, a man can dream. Jaron Jackson Jr. Is a, is a fever dream for me. I love. What if they? The league. What if they go Twin Towers? JJJ and Nurkic give us Dylan Brooks. Hmm? Are you trying to make me sick? Oh, I know. It, it never happened. I, I no, no. God no. God, uh, Dylan Brooks and this team would 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 turn into like a potato peeler across my skin. Oh, you wouldn't want Dylan Brooks no. on the team. God no. Oh, God, hot no. take. Hot yeah, no. take. Yeah, I mean, I I have I have two That's pretty steadfast take. rules. Uh, wow. No, no Duke players and no Oregon players. Why? He's a he's an asshole. He's a great asshole. He he is, but he's also overpaid, and, and his usage rate is really sideways. I uh, it, it, it let him play with a real player. I mean, Jaw, Jaron. Jaw's amazing, all right? I'm sorry I just said what I said, but Slo- he's not Dame. Slow-mo? I mean, they've got a good he's squad down there. So, Dude, I love slow-mo. Listen, if, slow-mo's a guy I would have loved to have in Portland, 100%. Uh, speaking of guys that everybody wants to have in Portland, Ben Simmons. Here we go again. <laughs> Helvy at Helt to Helt to the V? Okay, there we go. Sometimes like the, like the syntax of Twitter just doesn't make sense until you like spell it out or I'm just an idiot. Both? Both works. I think you're an idiot. Uh, probably. <laughs> I know everyone is focused on Ben Simmons, but here's the curveball. But mm. what potential yes. multi-team trades would you be looking at that are possible? Mm. McCollum, Nurk, Covington being likely movable. This is kind of a, a bridge from the Nurkic stuff. I just... Outside of James Harden, I do not believe Neil O'Shea is going to trade CJ McCollum. It's just, it's just not going to happen. The only time that I can actually confirm that CJ McCollum has been offered up in a trade is from James Harden. That's it. Well, who is the report? I saw a Hiken quote tweeted it, but the report the other day that the Simmons Blazer stuff is more on the Blazers end of not wanting to do it. Yeah, I, I believe that. And which it's not, that's not shocking by any stretch, but it just kind of re I forgot who reported it, but it reaffirmed or reaffirms what a lot of people have been saying all summer, all yeah. off season. And I think part of it is Neil not wanting to give up CJ, and I also think part of it is they don't trust Ben Simmons. Let, let, let's be clear. He has basketball issues that can be resolved with the right fit, which I believe Damian Lillard is about as good. The only player who is a possibly better fit, in my opinion, is Steph Curry. Like that's that's, but that's the mark. You know, it's those. It's, ki- it's his kitchen, man. It's his kitchen. <laughs> but there's also off the court stuff. Yeah, his kitchen. Yeah. He, how focused is he on wanting to be great? I mean, Shaq said it. He's good, but he needs to basically unbleep himself to be great. 
tweeting out a video clip of you shooting a three against dudes I've never seen in my life does not do anything of making you feel better. No, and I mean the whole I want to be in a metropolitan city. Da, 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 you know, he's he wants to date you know Jenners and Kardashians, and it's just he's he's had a, a spoon in his mouth since he was a kid. He was preordained basically to be in the league since he was like fourteen. For some guys, that works. Very rarely does it work. LeBron handles it, but he has his has had his issues. Uh, you know, he's obviously superlatively talented, but also, you know, he's got an ego that nobody can contain. Ben can't quite back it up, and that's the difference. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if if you took the name off of it and took the free throw percentage off of it, and you look at his his stats, you're like. And you said, also, this guy's six foot ten and the best defensive player in the league. You're sitting there going, "That's a hell of a player." If you just didn't know that Ben Simmons existed, but if you show me the free throw stats and the playoff numbers, I'd probably go, "Hmm, why is that?" And I think the mental hurdles there are, are a bigger issue than the physical stuff. And sure. I think once you marry that up with the off the court stuff and the questioning of work ethic, I think that's what. If any team is should be willing to, it should be Portland, but it's not, and they're not going to. So you start looking at C.J. Nurt Covington as far as guys that Portland could potentially look at moving uh, at the deadline to improve the team. <sighs> Again, I don't think McCollum is, is probably going to be offered up unless – he just bought a freaking vineyard like two blocks from me. It's – He's going to be here for the long haul, folks. <laughs> he's not he, going He's going to be a dame. He just won't be as um, face-fronting for the city as dame. He, I, I, I don't think mean, Terry I mean, Porter. He's not, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Terry Porter. He's here. Everybody see, oh, hey, CJ. Like, he's going to be here forever. Yeah. Ben Simmons is not. But. Covington? You never know. Do you, you never know. do you think that they they look to move Cove? Because I had heard that when they were were talking about things that Cove was off the table. I like Cove with these guys. I yeah. do. He's he's a very good glue. Like Cove and and Norm, and to be honest, Nance are three guys that are great glue guys. Great, you just, like high end role players. You would have to tell me what I'm getting back. I'm not just going out there. Again, I'm open to everything, but I need to know what you're getting back instead of me just like blindly. It needs to be a, a no doubt improvement, or it needs yes. to be a shift to younger because Which that's gone and you're rebuilding. Those are the two paths. Right, but yeah, I mean, if you get a Dame rebuilding, you're in a different territory. But if you're not, Roko's pretty valuable for what his role is, and hard I hard to know get if you can, better players yes. than those guys. I don't know if you get better than him for what he's supposed to be on this team, and that kind of runs you into the same thing that has been there since day one, which is. You can get better at positions three, four, five, and six on your roster. It's positions one and two. And one is Dame and two is CJ. And until that changes, all the other stuff, yeah, it might make you better, but your ceiling's still there because the NBA is so player dependent. And this is kind of an interesting question that plays off of that. This is from Portland Hoops at PNW Sports 503. If we were to trade CJ Ellaby, for Simmons, where do you think they'd rank on the contenders list? I think Philadelphia would shoot straight to the top. I mean, he did beat the 76ers basically by himself. I, last year. Look, this is the thing. I think we way overvalue players from time to time in any sport. Mm-hmm. And Vegas, unless you're trading a James Harden, a Kevin Durant, 
Vegas isn't really going to respond. I think if they traded and got Simmons to Portland, your odds go from, let's just for hypothetical sake, because I'm blanking right now. I think it's seven. It might be 10 to one, eight to one. Let's just call it nine to one. Mm. If you traded and got Ben Simmons, I think your value goes from nine to one as a title contender to eight and one as a title contender. I don't think you take a massive jump. I do because we're talking about trading CJ Ellaby and not CJ McCollum because now you're keeping CJ McCollum. Okay. I was going more into the realm of we actually trade the players that matter. No, but that, <laughs> that that's what I think. That's what I'm saying. Like, in, like, this is kind of an interesting thought. If you exercise. get Simmons with Dame, CJ, Norm, Nurk, Poco, then yeah, they're going to go up to like five to one, but still. Probably, probably four to one. To be, the, the idea is if, if Ben Simmons is your second best player, and you also have CJ playing as a third guy, which is, is CJ where willing to do that? By the way, I don't know See, if he's giving. I don't know if the thing Dame's giving up the ball. I don't Dame's know if CJ's giving, giving up the ball that much. Right, and that's kind of my point. Is is CJ okay with being the? Number I think he'd three? be okay for it for with it for one year, mm. maybe two, mm. because the talent level would be. It would it would be on par with a title contender. You you would cover up every hole that you have, and the thing is, you would have to move one of CJ or Norm to the bench. The okay, game. I'm sorry. I played the Simmons trade that they were trading CJ McCollum, not LOB. If you're trading CJ LOB, then sure, your odds get better. I mean, come on. But it, here's the crazy thing: you're still not a title favorite. You're a title contender. You're a title contender. I I, I have no doubt. I have no issue saying that. Do you? No, I no. I think you're a title contender. Yeah. So I think that's that that that's a that's a fun one. Um uh, this is from Jay Anderson at germ underscore A eighty three. Repeater text. Blazers Edge article seem to indicate we are in repeater text territory. Meanwhile, the comment sections are pretty adamant that we aren't. Can you clear that up? They are in repeater tax territory in the sense that if they are over the cap this year, they will trigger the repeater tax next season. That's when it becomes a problem. So that's that's where they are. Um, speaking of ownership, this is from Joel, just Joel, at Mr. Yolius. What would you rank as the worst ownership in the league and where Portland might sit in that conversation? Mm. Real quick, what's the what's the w- w- bottom three owners in the league right now? Uh, hold on. Let me look at this real quick. I want to be fair. Sacramento needs to be in this list. I just there's no conceivable way. They just Sacramento's can't they can't get out list. of their own way. Um, what's funny is, is one owner should have, would be on this a year ago in Phoenix and sorry. I mean, I think, I think Houston should be on this list. I think Tillman Fertitta is awful. hundred percent. Uh, and then I would say Minnesota, but I guess they just, they just got a new owner. I don't know when that starts with a rod and the other bro, but I mean, you could go Minnesota, you go Orlando, um, Man, you could really go New Orleans because they care only about their NFL team. They don't give a shnikes about their basketball team. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll go Pelicans because their owner quite literally is the owner of the Saints, and that family doesn't care about the Pelicans. No. So those three. I would say those three. So you didn't throw the Knicks in there, which I find a little bit surprising. Well, look, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of James Dolan, but it, he falls into the Jody Allen territory for me, except – Worse because he's more in the public light. Mm-hmm. If if you get your team to become a playoff team or or a great team, I I could still not think you're a great owner, but I can't put you in the the very 
bottom tier of that. I got to give you. But he is the biggest market in the country. A hundred percent. I'm not exempting him. Uh, If if those are the bottom three for me, James Dolan is is standing on the shoulders of 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 the number three guy. He's like, hey, any minute uh, we could be trading spots. Like if the Kings become good, they make a Simmons trade or something. Yeah, I'll say this. I like the last couple moves the Kings have made. I like the some of the players. The Bagley pick was awful, and I didn't like it when he got drafted. Yeah, but that's, that's bad. But I really like De'Aaron Fox. I know Buddy Heald's been pissed off at the team and the coach, but I liked Buddy Heald. Like, and I like Tyrese Halliburton is, uh, is a been very good player. A very good player. I like some of the moves that they've made. So the Knicks and the Kings, maybe they'll swap, maybe they won't. But I'm still putting Dolan near the bottom. I've got the Knicks there because they've had 20 years plus of ineptitude in the biggest yeah, market there is. Can, how many teams have never been to a finals and they were in the finals 20 years ago? I know that could sound stupid, but I just, that has to matter a little bit, right? No, not for me. Did he own them 20 years ago? I don't know. I have to look at when he bought them. Yeah. Hold on. That might, that might not count then. For for me, he's just a train wreck. Like he's he he's can't, absolutely he can't, he can't get out of his own way, and that that's for me at least. Um, he took them over the year they got there, so he he took over what everybody else built in ninety nine. It, it is ninety nine. Basically, yeah. they they've been a a complete crap show since he bought them. Yes, they've also had some very bad luck with players and coaches. <laughs> uh, he signs those checks, right? He hires those people. I mean, sure. <laughs> I like how your your voice went from oh, I don't know to I don't know me I mean sure why not <laughs> Look I I I didn't know for whatever you thought Amari was I didn't know Amari's body was going to completely crumble maybe I missed that I mean, number one most Phoenix people I, most people knew the microfracture surgery that he was done Well the microfracture surgery wasn't great Danny okay I'll give you that but I didn't want to completely give up hope I loved Amari Listen that th- th- team was a blast but yeah uh he's been chasing that dragon for 20 years Did he give me insanity He's stumbled into it, sure. Have the Timberwolves given me anything for two weeks the way that the Knicks did? Kevin Garnett. Remember, I, dis- I despised Kevin Garnett when he was a T-Wolf. But, I mean, again. They didn't surround him with talent. It was depressing. No. Very, 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 very bad ownership. The, the best player they surrounded him with was Wally Zerbiak. Hey, listen. Handsome man. Shoot the hell out oh. of the ball, too. I mean, probably one of the top ten most gorgeous basketball players of all time i i i've met him twice and each time i have to like look down like it's his, the, the handsomeness is overwhelming like that, that his really jawline has a jawline yeah he is look if there's anybody that looks like captain america in sports it's gotta it's be him. wally zerbiak yeah. it's because it's so squared and it's, it's so symmetrical so yeah his hair was perfect yeah. the man got done playing basketball without product in his hair and it was still like where it was oh. supposed to be it drove me insane just, well, I'm very anti-product in your hair when you play. I don't understand I do, I don't, do that. Listen, I don't know I don't how know the hell that. anybody can do that. Like, I don't you, do you, it. you get the sweat of like the product, like the oh. gel or the hairspray or pomade or whatever, and it's like all of a sudden it's in your eyes and you're burning. Mm-hmm. I've done this because, like, you know, back in the day, product in the hair, pickup game breaks out. You get the, no, the basketball bro. High, shorts under, high, under the high jeans. School, high school hit, I was done with hair product. I'm like, I'm playing basketball and football every recess. Junior like, and senior year, 100%. Their hair know, product did not exist. I just, I was out, but um, I let it flow. You know, whatever it's going to do when I'm playing, I don't care. I'm there to ball, baby. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree with the, the anti-hair product. Like, I, 
you watch guys do, you know, this and check their hair. To, I don't get guys who play with like dreads, like in the NFL. Like, I get it's a, you know a, a cultural thing and all that, but like, was it Steven Jackson that got yanked down by his? Like, I just Alamalu has been yanked down by his hair. Yeah, did you man. see? Did you see how long Kam- Kamara's dreads have gotten long? Yeah, th- that's that's what I was thinking about the other day. His are his are wild long, and I'm just like, nah, man. I, I was team shaved head. And again. That's why they're the worst owners in the NBA. <laughs> Just completely derail. Perfect. Um, and that's a, look at that. You actually steered it back to the Saints even. I did. That's actually kind of impressive. Yeah. Uh, we'll get some email questions here, and then we'll kind of wrap some things up. This one, Corrosive Joseph. Uh, and it's another Ben Simmons question. Uh, hey, guys, enjoy your recent podcast speculating about trading CJ for Ben. Here's a related question. Could you speculate how the Blazers would fare if they traded Damian Lillard for Ben Seasons? I realize it's just sacrilege about around Portland, but I'm not saying it's it's likely or desirable. i just like to hear you guys go through thought experiment how well badly that might work for Portland. Joe, what you got? Good question. Fun question. Um, it's a painful hypothetical, but it's also like not outside the realm of insane possibilities. Not according to Carmelo Anthony, who talked to Dame, and Dame said didn't mention anything about wanting to leave Portland because he is Portland. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that part is true. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I, I, okay, I might be a little off on this. If you get buy-in from Ben Simmons, I, I still think they're a good team. Are they great? They're a playoff no, team. No, but I think they're a playoff team. And whether they're 
ever better than any team Dame had. I mean, this by a couple of years, maybe they would be able to be better, but largely, no, they wouldn't be as good as the teams led by Dame. But if you got full buy-in and you got Ben Simmons to get back, I think they could be a playoff team. Full buy-in Ben Simmons is probably all NBA. I mean, if we're being honest, like it hasn't he already been all NBA? But I'm saying, like, into that's, his prime that's years. All in. Yes, he's like, really good. Like, and it, maybe it, defensive player of the year. Hundred percent. He's the best defensive player in the league, and he's not engaged. Like that, that's it's really insane to think about. So, I'll tell you this though: if the if the Blazers did trade Dame for Ben Simmons, I would want to trade every single person on this roster over the age of twenty-five. Yeah, every single one gone. Tear it down to the studs. I was like, well, you could see how no. No, no, no. <laughs> That's how yep. we got here when Lamarcus <laughs> left. <laughs> Studs down. <laughs> you cannot do this. Like, well, well, we'll just kind of waffle in this. No. No, 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 no. So, in that regard, if that dark day comes and Dame does ask mm-hmm. out, Simmons is probably third on the list of guys that I would want. I'd, I'd want Jalen Brown or Brandon Ingram probably in front of, of Simmons. Mm-hmm. But. Like if that's that's the Hall Simmons Maxi picks, you could do worse. And at that point in time, you build around him and you tear it all down. See what you can get. Yeah. Speaking of tearing it all down, we're gonna go the opposite way here. This is this is the uplifting portion of the podcast, Brandon. Okay. What is the current roster ceiling if everything goes right? And right is in quotes. Which things going right do you think would have the greatest impact on the team's success? And this is from Eric Leshberg. So everything breaks really well. How how far do they get? Like, what's their ceiling? What's their ceiling? That... I think their ceiling is the four seed in the West. You're hosting the first round playoff series. Um, I know that's a bit high for some, but I really think this team that's, just, that's oh, not this as high as you think it is. For, I've seen some people say that. They, no, you know, what, keep going. Oh, okay. Give me those thoughts. I'd love to hear them. Um, <laughs> this team, this. <laughs> I really would. The, this team just always cares about the regular season the way that there's a handful of teams that don't the way that they do. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll take advantage of that. I do think they'll come out of the gate playing well. We'll be impressed with Chauncey. We'll, hey, CJ Norm, uh, Dame, Nurk, they're plus this when they're playing together or whatever. But I think their ceiling is the four seed and second round in the, the postseason, maybe a, a five, six, or seven game series and get bounced interesting okay prepare yourselves folks because the guy who everybody thinks is a pessimist is going to have a, a higher opinion than, of this team than brandon oh, i think I their ceiling and this I've, I've heard some people say if things everything went right i could see portland being a three seed and which to me is like three three's a three's a high seed high 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 high, high seed um yeah it's, that's hard for me i think four but we've seen what happens when, when all of the stars align for this franchise. And I think this team right now has more talent than, than 2018. But, and this is where, where people are like, oh, yeah, this, this team has more talent than 2018. True. So does Phoenix. So does Utah. So does L.A. Denver, if they're healthy. Golden State, if healthy. Like, they have more talent than those teams. But... If everything goes right, we've seen what can happen with Damian Lillard in a playoff series. We've seen what can happen with C.J. McCollum in a playoff series. 
We've seen Norman Powell win an NBA title. We've seen Robert Covington be a very good player. We've seen Yusuf Nurkic be a very good player. I, if oh, everything so, went right, I think they could make the Western so in Conference this, Finals. In this instance, then, you're suggesting a Lakers, the old thing actually hurts them. They're so, out. So they're, they pick up AD too many injuries yeah. or they're just beat up and burned out because they had to play so many minutes throughout the season because they were shorthanded because their bodies are banged out. Phoenix doesn't quite Chris, have the same lightning. Yeah, Chris in the bottle. ages. Yeah, Chris ages. Or they and... just they don't. Everything doesn't like they were mostly healthy. They had some injuries that they dealt with, but well, Booker didn't really miss time. Aiton didn't really miss time. Bridges didn't sure. really miss time. Let's say, to be honest, the likelihood is one of those guys is going to pick up a knock this season. That's is can is campaign going to be the same player that he was the whole is season? Is Utah going to run the right. table like they did? Utah is a Portland to me, though. They're a team that cares about the regular yes. season because they feel their home court advantage is going to play a factor into it. And revenue. Uh, the Clippers without Kawhi. I mean, I still they think can they still can still punch be anybody good. in the face. Like they, they still have Paul George. That's still yeah. a team that like can give problems. And Denver, Denver to me is similar to the Clippers. I think if Porter Jr. gets it to go, uh, or gets it's it going, terrifying. Yeah, that's you'll get Jamal Murray back, and we'll go. Holy crap, Jamal Murray's back. Gordon just resigned with them for four years. Like. I could see Denver being they only a sneaky had like, good what, team. Seven, eight games of Murray, Gordon, MPJ, Jokic. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it wasn't very. It was a but, handful uh, of many. games. Like, yeah. if that team comes together, that's a nightmare. But right. again, if Portland has better injury luck, they don't lose CJ for twenty plus games. They don't lose Nurk for thirty plus games. That's a, probably a bit of an ask for Nurk. Um, I, I see where you're coming from. Your ceiling, your your theory. I I I follow it. I it's just, unlikely. I, it's, it's a, a it, lot for that to happen. It is. And to be honest, 2018-19 was a lot for that to happen. You had a a player in Russell Westbrook who was determined to prove everybody wrong and single-cover Dame, and the coach allowed it to happen. And so Dame cooked them. Single-covering Damian Lillard in pick-and-roll coverage is the dumbest thing possible. And it happened. And then you ran into a Nuggets team who was very talented but not ready yet. Well, I disagree with that. I I think if you get to a game seven, you're ready. It's just sometimes but you Jokic hit the shot and they don't. He wasn't that guy yet. He was very good. He was incredible in that series. Yeah, but, but if, if he still CJ, wasn't that guy. I, I don't disagree with that. He got better. But if CJ plays somewhere between that series and the series they just played against the Nuggets, I they think Denver wins that series. Yeah. So I, I think they were close. But, yeah, to your point, maybe you could say they weren't quite ready because they were still young. Yeah. They were new to the scene that season. So I, I – I see your point. And, and again, then they went and they played Golden State, and yes, they had double-digit leads in all those games, but they also got handled. They got swept. Like that's That was part of the story, too. Uh, and this kind of leads into that, and I think we'll kind of wrap it up here. Uh, the Warriors, this is from Stephen Gray. Uh, the Warriors won't have Clay until December, and who knows if he will be the old Clay. And the Mavs still have KP as their second option, and J. Kidd is their coach, so they automatically are worse. And the Grizz just replaced their second best player with Steven Adams. Does a five seed sound viable for the Blazers? And he has a seed list that is one Phoenix, two Jazz, three Lakers, four Denver, five Blazers. Yes, it's absolutely conceivable. I, I've i seen, you know, the ESPN index stuff, mm-hmm. pundits all over these different um, media companies. I've seen some picks, and there's not a lot of friendly ones to Portland. I don't think anybody picked them above six. I think five is very conceivable, and if they're four or five, I, I'm not going to be here stunned at all on the podcast. If they get below that, I'm going to assume there's an injury. 
uh, or the Dame thing has completely cratered into if the side. If, if they're six, do you think there's an injury? No, I think they could get to six, but they just maybe don't. They don't click as well as we think or thought they would. And the tough thing with saying there's no injury is I, I just I can't think Nurkic is playing the full 82. Or Nance or Zeller. Sure. Yeah. So it's, it, there's no shortage of guys in that front court who have picked up knocks over their career. And I if, think if they if they miss Danny, if they miss their average games that they've missed the last three years, all of them. Yeah, I think they could still play with the rest of those dudes and be six. Yeah. Yeah, and that's I've I've picked them sixth. How how many wins did you pick for them for this season? Have you done that yet? I haven't really done it yet. If I was to guess at spitball, I think what does Vegas have them at? Forty two and a half, forty three. There's it, consensus was forty three, but the latest lines were forty two and a half. So okay, I, I would say forty. I would hit right over that. I'd say forty three wins. See, that's again. Write it down, folks. Meringue is more optimistic than Sprague. So for everybody who thinks I hate this team. Well, hold on, hold on. Let me look. Uh, I want to look real quick. Because the yeah, back end. 43 wins would be more than they had last year. But remember, condensed schedule. So 72 games. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're so, right, right, right. Um, that was a 48, 46-win pace. Okay, I'll say 44. I'll say. I'm, again, I'm still over you. I, my, 45, I did, 45, I did, final I answer, mine. 45. There you go, 46. Okay, 45, I, final answer. Yep, I took 46. I'm not eating a hot chip. <laughs> I don't care if you get it right. I'll tell you, oh, you beat me by a game. Like, so, I don't. <laughs> so doing got mad about this, and I said I was going to do it here. Um, we'll, we'll talk about it here real quick. Why did he get mad? I didn't get why he got mad. Because he wants to have it live on his show. Um, but I, I need him to pick a damn date. He wants because... to he wants to put on the radio you eating a hot chip, he, not being he able want, to he's speak. Gonna, I'm going to stream it live, and he oh, okay, we're going to okay, go okay, through okay. it. Um, gotcha. You you can be a part of it, but you'll have to disappear. No, 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 for no. that. No, you, you I will can, not be a part of it. You don't want to watch me die. I'll watch the stream on my Instagram, you watching go. your Instagram. Yeah, I'll yeah. watch that, but I don't need so, to be a part of it. Um, but yeah, he I'm going to do this stupid chip. It's in the other room. Um, I just want to get it over with because I, I need to make sure that, you know, my, my mouth and throat and other cavities are not destroyed, uh, going into the season. So, mm. uh, th- just that, don't try to be Shaq. Don't try to play it, Mr. Cool. It's not hot. Like I know it's going to be hot. Yeah. And apparently the new one is not as hot, but you have I, the old one. I right? have the old one. Yeah. So, uh, and it's been, it's been sitting there getting hotter and hotter and hotter. Um, and it's, it's terrifying. Uh, people are now asking us to do a uh, Pac-12 football uh, podcast as well as a side-by-side, which we'll, we'll bring up, but only after USC hires a new head coach. So, uh, Oh, man, don't get me started on the Pac-12. I go all day. Listen, we, we will one of these times. We'll, uh, we'll do a live, live Jacked Ramsey's uh, Pac-12 crossover edition. Uh, we'll bring over the, the Blue Wire Pac-12 guys and see what we can do. When Oregon State waxes USC in two weeks, I'm all in. Oh God, so we're gonna. Have to, we're, we, you realize we do have to put a bet on that game. I'll give you you're, points. You're gonna be devastated when they lose. <laughs> so real quick, uh, was it 2008? Yeah, it was 2008. Was the upset right? Yeah. Uh, Greg well, Layborn. Well, that was 2006. Was that 2006? 06 and 08. They upset him twice. So Greg Layborn, the final interception. Uh huh. Beaverton High School. I played with him and his brother. So yeah, was, that one. That one was personal. That was like, really, Greg, you're gonna do that to me here now? You damn right he is. He wants to get laid. <laughs> I 
mean, it is Corvallis. It's either that or the cows. I'll just uh, tell you right now, I was on the field in 06, and they were hoisting Matt Moore. Like, people were going nuts. And I will not say the player's name, but there was a prominent player of that team. When he ran off, all he said was, I'm about to get laid tonight. <laughs> I mean, that tracks. College football yeah. player, biggest win of his life. I mean, I, I saw him at a party that night and uh, he was well on his way. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. He was it, well it tracks. on his way. Yeah. And this is a great way to say that. that remember, folks, Jack Ramsey is brought to you by Manscaped. Um, <laughs> what do you got coming up for the rest of the week, buddy? Uh, we got, I mean, it's it's a difficult tease on a basketball podcast, but we got more football. It's college, okay. Football, Listen, like, we, we, those, 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 those things are allowed here. No, I, we got a lot to get to. Um, we'll talk some Pac-12 college football. I know Oregon, Oregon State have kind of buys, basically. They should trounce their opponents. Mm. I think there's really good matchups within this conference. I think Stanford's an interesting team to discuss. Uh, so we'll dive more into the Pac-12. The NFL was fantastic in week one. It Shout felt great. Oh, the Raiders look good. There was a chaotic Monday night football game that came down to the wire. We'll talk about uh, this so off, we'll- off air, but the AFC West is the best conference in, in football right now. The NFC West, yeah. Uh, AFC West, best division in football. You're absolutely an idiot. <laughs> I mean, you're just – now you're just being dumb. Like, yeah, I know. It's, it's the <laughs> NFC West. I know. But. Oh, the AFC West and the NFC West, two best divisions in football? Yes. Right? Yes. And it's it's pretty abundantly clear the AFC South is the worst. The NFC East is not the least. And the NFC North kind of sucks. Which is weird to say. The Packers, the Lions, the Bears, and who am I blanking on? The Vikings, all winless. Yeah. Meanwhile, AFC West, NFC West, undefeated. Undefeated, baby. This is this is your NFL portion of the Jack Ramsey's podcast, folk. <laughs> oh, and make sure we lay some good bets. I got the gambling show on yes. Sunday. It starts at 5 o'clock Pacific. You can catch it on the Odyssey app, the BetQL network. It's called Back to the Futures with me and a guy named Travis Thomas. And we just kind of recap the NFL and college football weekend. And then we kind of look ahead to what the futures are saying and the odds makers are saying about the, the next week's matchup. So look for that Sunday at five and make sure you get your bets in people. Last week, if you missed it, my lock of the week of all locks of the week was a teaser, a seven point teaser parlay bet on the Buccaneers, the 49ers and the Rams. Seven points took the Buccaneers to a one point favorite. They covered. The Niners to a half-point favorite, they covered. And the Rams to a half-point favorite, they covered. It was one of the easiest bets I've ever made in my life. you love to see it. Love to see it. And with that uh, betting segment there, uh, if you're still listening to this portion of the podcast, uh, if you've got good bet ideas for Brandon and I, uh, because we'll have to put something on this USC-Oregon State game, and we, we, we'll find, we will find something here. I have an idea for betting this year for Blazer season. Okay. Is that, that, that a tease, or you want to? It's a tease because okay. there's some stuff I'm trying to work out off, off the air too. Okay, okay, we'll we'll, we'll come up with something. I I am fully fully prepared to put any kind of skin in the game. That that there's there's no doubt about that. <laughs> I had my head shaved live on TV, so I am a degenerate. Yeah, no, uh, money, facial hair, body hair, uh, you know, physical pain. I'm I'm pretty much for any anything and, and everything. So nice. Uh, remember, folks, like, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, we are available anywhere you find podcasts. Uh, review on Apple iTunes, uh, on social media at Jack Ramsey's, uh, at Danny Morang, at Brandon Sprague. 
Uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, we will be back with a live show on Thursday, so we'll be back in your ears quick. That'll be probably the shortest live show of the season. I know I said that about last week, but I was thinking we might get a little bit of training camp news. doesn't look like it's going to happen, uh, but we'll we'll have a little bit of fun. We'll uh, shoot it back and forth a little bit, and then we'll get ready for training camp because, uh, well, folks, uh, actual basketball games are happening in a little more than two weeks. So we'll uh, have you pre- prepared for that. Until then, we'll catch you guys later. Bye.